Embrace yourself in the Lord. Do not throw up your hands or walk in despair. The time for extreme situations to be moved has come. You will not be kept behind enemy lines. For you shall surely overtake them. And without fail, The captain of Israel, so the one who was, is, and is to come. Can you slap those hands if they are yours and give God a shout of praise? If your voice is truly yours. Amen. David said, if he has not been for the Lord who has been on our side. Every time I read that scripture, I, I begin to um, think about how many times God saves us. And I'll bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make a boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear it and be proud of it. Is there anybody who knows God has been your redeemer? Your savior, your head lifter, your covenant keeper? The one who saved you? Hallelujah. Amen. If you came with your Bibles, could you please lift it up? This is the first Sunday of the new year, 2019, our year of pursuit. Maybe um, in the course of this month, because this is our month of purpose, all the branches of the Maker's House across the world is preaching on purpose in this month. And um, maybe I'll spend some time to talk about 2019 and its proper situation in the contest of theology. Not 2019 necessarily, but the year 5776 in the new calendar of the 6,000 years. That's why they say he's coming soon. In the book of First Samuel, lift, lift up your Bible. Say, this is my Bible. It is the word of God. I'll become what he says I can become. I'll go where it says I can go. I will achieve what he says I can achieve. Slap your chest and say, I am a believer. Do it again. Say, I am a believer. If the Bible is yours, could you please turn to the book of 1 Samuel, chapter number 30. The 30th chapter of the first prophetic book of Samuel. First Samuel chapter number 30. I know you've read it many times. I invite your attention to the 30th chapter. I'm going to have you read for long. You will read silently. I will read to your hearing. And it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south. And Ziklag, and smitten Ziklag, and burned it with fire. 
and had taken the women captives that were therein, they slew not any, either great or small, but carried them away and went on their way. So David and his men came to the city, and behold, it was burned with fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captives. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives were taken captives, Ahinoam the Jezreelites and Abigail the wife of Nabal the Carmelite. And David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of the people was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord, his God. And David said to Abiathar the priest, Abimelech's son, I pray thee, bring me hither the ephod. And Abiathar brought theta the ephod to David. And David inquired at the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them. And without fail, recover all. So David went, he and the 600 men that were with him, and came to the brook Bissor, where there was, where those that were left behind stayed. But David pursued, he and 400 men, for 200 abode behind, which were so faint that they could not go over the brook Bissor. They found an Egyptian in the field and brought him to David and gave him bread and he did eat and they made him drink water. And they gave him a piece of a cake of figs and two clusters of raisins and when he had eaten his spirit came again to him for he had eaten no bread nor drunk any water three days and three nights. And David said to him, To whom belongest thou? And whence art thou? And he said, I am a young man of Egypt, servant to an Amalekite, and my master left me because three days ago I fell sick. We made an invasion upon the south of the Cherethites, and upon the coast which belonged to Judah, and upon the south of Caleb, and we burned Ziklag with fire. We burnt it with fire. And David said to him, Canst thou bring me down to this company? And he said, Swear unto me, let's cut a deal, covenant, that thou will not kill me, nor deliver me into the hands of my master, and I will bring thee down to this company. And when he had brought him down, behold, they were spread abroad upon all the earth, eating and drinking and dancing, partying. Because of the great spell that they had taken out of the land of the Philistines and out of the land of Judah. And David smote them from the twilight even unto the evening of the next day. And there escaped not a man of them saved 400 young men which rode upon camels and fled. Interpreted, they did not run fast. If you go on a camel, you go slow. And David smote them from the twilight even unto the evening of the next day. The verse number 18 says, And David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away. And David 
rescued and there was nothing lacking to them, neither small nor great, neither sons nor daughters, neither spoil nor anything that they had taken to them, David recovered all. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, you know the grass will wither, the flower will fade, but your word will abide forever. In this time that you've given to us, Spirit of God, give us a word that works. Anoint these lips of clay, O oh God. Make it an instrument of blessing to somebody's life. Bring divine strength and power, O oh God, as never been before. To the end, our voices shall be lifted in praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Can you look for three people and tell them recovery road? Look at somebody else and tell the person there is always a recovery road. A recovery road. If you've done that, you can sit on the necks of your adversaries. Um, It is interesting that oftentimes the people that we are good to are the ones who come back to betray us. It's quite interesting to also note because that has been the story of the ages. That people that you go out of your way to help and to protect and to defend oftentimes are the same people who will turn their backs on you when you need them the most. Sometimes it is even scarier because you sit down and you do your own math. And you can come to that conclusion and ask yourself, is it really worth it? Do I still go out of my way and help people? Because the more I help people, the more I get bent and frustrated by the same people I help. It is not just the story of the people out there. It is not just a secular phenomenon. It is something that has besieged and plagued the generations. That even in church, there are people that you want to help, genuinely knowing that they are your Christian brothers or Christian sisters, and they are the self-same people who will betray you. How often... Will you hear, as a pastor, people coming for conflict resolution? The same church when they had done business on your blind side, and yet one of them outsmarts the other. They run to the clergy and ask for resolution. And it starts with a heart of purity, a heart of help, a heart that says that we are equal. We are of the same faith. We belong to the commonwealth of faith. And so I believe that you won't harm me. And so I will go out of my way. I don't even need any documentation about this. I can trust you. How often do we get to places where the people we trust and we can feel that they are reliable, dependable, trustworthy. Will turn and hunt us down. Such was the story. And the discipline as discussed in the discourse of 1 Samuel chapter number 30. A man called David. He had helped a king called Saul. When Saul was almost running away from the Goliath. The giant of Gath. 
a Philistine giant. And the man called David, had, it was not his battle. He wasn't supposed to go out there and fight. But he went out of his way. He put his life on the line for a man who was supposed to go out there and fight for his throne. David fought it because David had the revelatory experience that the man was a temporal holder of the throne. There are people who are occupying positions, but they are there temporarily. I pray that whoever is occupying a position that is rightfully yours, but holding it temporarily, God in your time, God will find a way to usher them out and bring you in. I want to hurriedly get out of my introduction because it's not part of what I want to preach to you about. The book of First Samuel, this man had gone out of his way. He has fought Goliath of Gath, defeated him, chased the adversaries away. The king had peace and tranquility in his kingdom. The king had demons fighting him. And the Bible says that he looked for a man. And the same man who killed his adversary spiritually was the same man who was called upon to bring him respite spiritually. They called on the man called David to come and play the flute or the harp. Whilst he played them, the demons left him. But as the case was, he started singing his praise, not knowing that the king had inferiority complex. The king had an issue with insecurity. It is a dangerous thing, ladies and gentlemen, to have people around you that you serve and that people around you that you honor, people around you that you know that um, they are up there and you look up to them and yet when they look at you and they look at the pace you are coming because of their insecurities, they try to throw javelins at you. And most people, the problem with our age, the problem with our generation is that leadership doesn't understand that leadership is not of perpetuity. The problem of our age is that we fail to appreciate that you are not going to be on the throne forever and that when God lifts you on the throne, God wants you to prepare others so that after you are gone, they will stand in your stead and continue with your legacy. The problem with our age is that anytime anybody is being lifted up, we find javelins and spears and we throw at them. Why will somebody who is exiting the political arena pick up javelins and throw at a young man who is now rising into the political ranks? Why will somebody who is exiting the business arena because of his age throw javelins at a young man who wants to start a business? That is the problem of the generation. We don't want to help others to grow up. We don't want to defend. We don't want to help. We don't want to promote. But if anybody wants to rise up, we want to kill them before they even stand to rise. We pray in the name of Jesus that whoever will throw a javelin at you because of the kind of grace and ability and power that God has placed on your life we pray in the name of Jesus that may the Lord be your shield and your exceeding great can I preach to somebody the problem of our age is that we have so many people that have tested power have tested the goodness of God and yet will not want anybody to test it too and if you want to test it, they have their javelins ready and their spears ready. But I pray that wherever you go, 
A thousand shall fall on your left, ten thousand shall fall on your right, it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you see and behold the reward of the wicked. Wherever you will stand, may the name of your God be lifted over you as the banner over Israel. Can you look for three people, tap them and tell them he is talking to me. Oh, come on, look for three people. Tell them, neighbor, he is talking to me. And I just came to give somebody a prophetic word that in 2019, whoever will lift a javelin at you, whoever will lift a spear or a rod or a staff at you, the Lord God will defend you. He will protect you. The Lord will be your shield. He will be your exceeding great reward. The problem of our generation, people of God, is that we don't have many people who are interested in the development of the coming generation. We don't have people who want to say that, I want to see you grow up. I want to see, they are praising you. But your praise is my delight. We have to get to a place where people will appreciate that in your light, I can see light. And in my light, you can see light. That the sky is too big for many eagles to fly without collision. That you can be big, I can be big, and there is no problem about that. That you don't have to go down for me to go up. You don't have to diminish for me to increase. We can all increase at the same time. When you are lifted, it is victory for the kingdom. The problem of our generation is this story. Samuel chapter number 30. In the verse, verse number 29, chapter number 29, the Bible says, please sit. Let me hurriedly get out of my introduction. In the chapter number 29, the man called David had to run out of the sight, the kingdom of Saul. The same man that he defended, the same man he protected him and his crown. The same man he fought demons for. That same man wanted him dead at all cost. He knew that he shouldn't touch the man that the Lord had anointed. So he left. And he said to himself, let me get myself in a place they will not even think I am there. Because the Philistines remember that I am David, the one who killed Goliath. So if I they won't even look for me in the land of the Philistines. Why will you come to Philistia to look for me knowing that they have placed a hand on my life? He went to them and he said to them, if you give me citizenship, if you give me residence permit, when you go for war, I will fight for you. Chapter number 29, they have gone out to fight. And scripture says that when they went out, the lords of the Philistines said unto the king and said, King, we can't trust this guy. Chapter number 29, they said we can't trust him because he's the same guy who killed Goliath. He's done so much damage to our kingdom. When we fight with the adversaries, he will join them and they will kill us. Send him away. Now he had been out for three days. On the third day, he went home, and you will understand the correlation afterwards. On the third day, he got home, 
And when he got home, the Bible says from the chapter number 30, the verse number 1, that it was when he got home on the third day that he realized that his home had been vandalized. Himself, his armies, the people that were with him, his soldiers got home and they met devastation. They got home to see that what they left behind was not preserved. That their wives were taken. That their sons and daughters were taken. That their properties were vandalized. Gold, silver, everything they had had been taken away. Not only did he meet devastation, but the Bible says that he also met depression. Depression because the Bible says that they wept so hard that there was no strength in them to weep again. They were so depressed. I believe that they were saying to themselves, why did we even go out in the first place? They didn't want us to come with them, but we went. Not only did they meet devastation, depression, they also met dissension. Now the same people that were with him and they told him, these were nobodies, these were commoners, and he made the generals out of them. The Bible says that they wanted to stone David. As if David connived with the people, the Amalekites, to come and invade their homes. Is it not interesting that there are people who stay with you as long as you are winning? Is it not amazing that there are people who will hang around you as long as you remain on the high? But anytime there is a problem, they will turn their backs on you and they will want to even stone you. I really pray for you in 2019 that may all these fake people, people who are not ready to go the long haul with you, people who are not ready to stand with you, may God find a way to take them out of your life. 2019, it is not everybody that is going to go. And I'm, I'm glad to announce to you, people of God, there are people who are with you and they are all lovey-dovey and they are smiling. They are giving you pecks, kisses and roses. They are doing that only because you are winning. If you lose that position, would they still come around you? If you lose that office, would they still honor you? The people who, when they are coming to you now, they bow and they say, honorable. Will they still come and say, honorable? If you lose that seat. When you become an ex-president, will they call you every time and say, your excellency, sir? Is it not amazing that the Bible paints a better picture of how people are when you are winning. And how they turn their backs on you when things are not going all right. David came to meet this. And there was dissension in the camp. People wanted him dead. They wanted him out. They didn't want him there anymore. They were asking. They were questioning his credibility, his sense of judgment. They questioned him as a leader. 
people of God, the Bible says that and whilst everybody was crying and gnashing their teeth, David encouraged himself. But back it up a little bit and understand why the Bible puts it that way. A leader is not supposed to cry when others are crying. The essence and the true spine of a great leader is your attitude even in the midst of chaos. When all things look to be going south, do you have the tenacity to look up onto God and look around you and tell your people everything is going to be all right? Check your scripture. The Bible says that, and David encouraged himself in the Lord. David did not need a preacher to encourage him. David did not need a choir to sing him on. David did not need an Ignano to come and sing, great is his faithfulness. David did not need the DS or the DC to stand and sing songs of praise to God. David checked what they call the history of the people. Um, there is a word in German for that, in the history of the people. And the history of the people says that you look back and you tell what God has been able to do. David was not forgetful. He could remember the same God who picked him up and he knew that this one too shall pass. I just came to tell you that when everybody is turning their backs on you, just encourage yourself in the Lord and know that this one too shall There is nobody else giving you that motivation, that morale, that, that moral persuasion that everything is going to be all right. Just check at the works of God. What he was able to do in times past. The same God who was able to make a way where there seemed to be no. The same God, if he's the same God who is seated upon the throne and, and, and is seated among the affairs of the people. That same God will come through for his people. And David looked at that and he did not encourage the people he encouraged himself because the people did not know the god who gave him a promise the people were following a man with a promise the man was following a god that gave him a promise it was god that gave david a promise it was david that made these guys generals these guys had no relationship with God. So when there was a problem, they wanted to stone their leader. When there was a problem, they wanted to kill that leader. It was now the leader's responsibility to know who gave him that vision. And when he realized that he knew that what I was given was not man-made. And God is not a man to lie, neither is he a son of a man to say a thing and to repent. As he said it, then he would do it. As he spoken, then he shall make it good. He knew that it was this same God, the one who lieth not. He cannot lie. Can I tell you something, people of God? There is no way what God has said about you, you will not do it. Because he's not a man to lie. What God has told you, he will preserve you. He, he he will preserve you. The words he has spoken shall surely prevail. Have you heard that song before? When the, the psalmist sings, Be gone, unbelief. And he ends by saying that the words he has spoken, they shall surely prevail. 
It was because anytime God's word comes to a people or to a person, the word will be tested. For you to say it shall prevail means that there will be resistance to the manifestation. But because the one who said it is omnipotent. And not only is he omnipotent, he is also omniscient. He knows all and has the power to back it up. So when he gives you a word, it means that he has considered his knowledge and considered what will come against you and he has checked the power he has and he can tell you that no weapon formed or fashioned against you shall prosper and any tongue that will rise against you is already... Can I pray for somebody before I continue? Wherever you are in 2019, may the name of God be lifted over your life. Whatever he has said about you, may God watch over his words. Can you look for three people? I want you to look. In fact, let me increase the number to seven. Look for seven people. Give them a high five. Tell them the words he has spoken shall surely prevail. Tell them I don't really want to know what they are saying. I don't want to care about them. Because they were not there when God gave me the promise. The word he has spoken shall surely Is it not amazing? That David did not try to lobby the soldiers and tell them, calm down. Isn't it not amazing that David did not go to any of the generals. And he never told any of them, please exercise some patience. Let's reason together. Because when he was being given the word, there was no general. When he was being given the word of promise and prophecy and assurance, there was no soldier there. There was something between him and his God. And I came to tell somebody that what God gave you is between you and your God. And the same God that gave you that promise will be the same God that will keep who keep that promise. I am excited because on the 31st night when I was teaching you the blood path, the promise God gives to us, he kicks us out of the equation. He steps into us and makes a covenant with himself. So the covenant is no more even about us and him. The covenant is about him and himself. And because it's about him and himself, the covenant cannot be broken because it doesn't break and fall off the cliff when it comes to his own promises. Whatever he says, he has the ability to bring it to pass. Every promise of God has the commensurate ability for fulfillment. Whatever he says, he has what it takes to ensure that his words come to pass. David had encouraged himself in the Lord and he called on Abiathar the priest, there is a tension in that test. If you read the test carefully, you'll find the tension in the test, which is antithetical to what the 21st century believer will want to pursue. The tension was, David encouraged himself in the Lord and then he inquired of God. 
in our time, we inquire before we encourage. In our time, before we are encouraged, we have to know what is God saying. But David was encouraged even though he didn't know what God was going to say. That is to tell you that when it comes to your relationship with God, it is irrespective of the consequence. Whether you give me or not, I can trust you. Whether you lift me up or not, whether you give me my wives and my kids back or not, in you, I find my hope. In you, I place my trust. In you, my confidence is built. David did not inquire before he got encouraged. He encouraged himself before the inquisition. That's the tension. It's the first tension of the test. And the Bible says that he brought him, he asked him, could you please go for the ephod? And when the man called Abiathar the priest had brought the ephod, there are two theological schools of thought. One of them says that because the small letter H was used, it means that he allowed Abiathar the priest to make the inquisition. And so, although he inquired of the Lord, it was through the pastor or the priest called Abiathar. The popular school of thought says that no, David did not do that. David did not ask so that he will do it on his behalf. David called for the ephod and David inquired of the Lord directly. Now what that is to tell you is that anytime God gives you an anointing, he gives you dual citizenship. I will explain. So David was now working at this particular time of his life. David was operating in the three realms of the anointing. He was coming as the anointed to be king. So he had the kingly anointing on him. David had had God before. And so he was also operating in the realm of the prophetic. But at this time, he lacked the priestly garment. And so he had switched from being a king and being a prophet. And he placed on himself the garment of the priest, the ephod. And he asked God, God, you did not anoint me to kill me and humiliate me on the way to eternal redemption. I just want to know, shall I pursue? Do I chase them? Why did David do that? Because contrary to popular belief, that there is no victory without battle. If you read this text, you will know that that is subservient to the underlining cause of what that statement truly means. That there is no victory without battle. Maybe if you read this text again, you rewire and reconfigure your thoughts to that statement. Because if you read this test, you will know that maybe without defeats, there will be no victory. David inquired because the first attempt he went for battle, there was no inquisition. Anytime we make a journey without asking God, our children suffer. <laughs> 
The first one he went out to pursue and to fight. When he came, he had lost wives, lost children, lost properties. Anytime you set out to do something without the backing of God, you lose family, you lose friends, you lose good people, you lose money, you lose resources. But I pray that in this new journey, whatever step you will take, may God be your guide, may God show himself strong. Shall I pursue? When you make a journey without divine direction, it is likely you will come back to meet devastation, be subjected to depression, and ultimately suffer dissension. Anytime you make a journey without asking the explicit knowledge, understanding, backing, direction of God, you always face problems. Check the scripture out. When he came back, he said, no, I went on this journey when I came, that was mayhem. This time, I'm not going to do that. Shall I pursue? Because he had learned his lessons. The first one he went, he never asked. When he came, there was a problem. The second one, he said to himself, I will not repeat that same mistake. Any mistake you made in the years gone by, may you never repeat any of those mistakes. Can I pray? I, I want to pray from my heart for somebody. Because you see, sometimes we make mistakes and we suffer for it eternally. But any mistake you have made in the years gone by, may you never repeat those mistakes again. The mistakes you made, the mistakes, the decisions you made that did not help help you. Shall I pursue? He didn't know and he said, shall I overtake them? The scripture says that immediately the king uh, and the Lord spoke to him and said, you shall pursue. You shall overtake and without fail, you shall recover all. Let me jump that test because that is the climax of it. The first one he went out Without asking God, he came to meet a problem. The second time he asked and God directed, the next verse says that he met division. Anytime God directs you, it will bring division in your camp. I will explain. It's in the test. Maybe you read it too quickly. The Bible says that he came with the 600 men. And he inquired of the Lord, and the Lord said, go and fight them. When he was about going and they got to the brook, Besor, Scripture says that 200 of them said, we can't go. We are too tired to go. We can't go any further. Anytime God gives you a proper direction to follow, the people who are with you, who you think are going to fight with you, they will tell you that, no, this journey, we cannot go with you anymore. But I came to announce to you that direction will always bring division. In this year, some people are going to fall off your life. It is not evil. God is just cutting some people. Oh no, this place is too weak. Can I talk to somebody here? Is there anybody up there that I need to talk to? Where God wants to send you to, there are people that he will cut them. There were 400 people, 600 people. But when he was going, finally, there were 400. Why did that happen? When God said, go, 
he didn't know even how. Because he didn't know their way out. He didn't know where they went. That was a vast land. Where do we even pass? The correlation was, the scripture says they went out for three days. They came back on the third day. On the third day they left, they came back home. When they got back home, they met devastation. That same time, he moved out to go and look for those people. He met a man who was a servant who said, I have been left here for three days. So whilst they were planning their destruction, God was planning their rescue. Let me try to explain. The same time they did that, and David was coming back because they didn't, David would never have known where they had went. God had to place a spy in the camp of the Amalekites for the people of Israel. Now watch the test. When they got there, the guy said, I have been left here for three days. We went there. We were the ones, my people are the ones who bent Ziklag. David looked at him and said, so you mean, bro, you are the guys that took my wives and my properties. David was now contemplating, do I kill this guy? So that my soldiers will know I'm serious. Or do I keep him? David kept him because sometimes, and in this new season, God will use even your enemies to show you your way. My goodness, can I, can I talk to somebody? God will even use your adversaries to direct you. The people who thought they were coming to destroy you, they are going to be the same ones God is going to plant to show you your way. Can I pray for somebody real quick? May the same God who has called you by name. I don't know why I feel like preaching to somebody. Um, so for three days, this guy has been waiting. They thought he was a deserted soldier. They didn't know that he was left behind for their direction. God will leave some people in your path in 2019 that will help you find your path and where you ought to go. Can you tap three people and tell them he's talking to me? No, I, I don't know whether I'm still in TMH, but those of you outside, those of you in the overflow, wherever you are, can you tap somebody and tell the person, he is talking to me. Now, the test becomes interesting when you read what it was. Now, this guy had been given food and water. Thick cake. Giving cake and drinks to refresh him. After he has well eaten, they asked him, can you show us where they are? I said, oh, sure. Why not? If these guys were good guys, they wouldn't have abandoned me. But the guy didn't know that what they did to him was a setup. Sometimes when the devil wants to bring you redemption... He allows them to make mistakes. It was a mistake. They would never have been able to trace where they were. Had it not been the deserter. 
they left him. But every mistake of the enemy is to our advantage. In 2019, may God give you unusual advantage. I don't know, but maybe let me pray to myself. May God give you an unusual advantage. If your amen is louder, may it be strong in your life. In 2019, may God give you an unusual advantage. That those who were even adversaries will work for you. They will work for work. They are bound to work. You see, the problem we have is that we fail to realize and appreciate that every living organism has to work. The problem is whether they will work for or work against. But for work, they must work. But in 2019, they will work, but work for you. They will think they are going to gossip about you, spread rumors and falsehood about you to tarnish your image. But whatever they will say, it will turn to your advantage. Wherever you go, may God turn things to your To your advantage. The deserter has now told them, oh, sure, I will take you. I got to that part of the test and my theological inclinations kicked in because after war, that you, were, you had no resistance, you don't jubilate. Armies jubilate when they face resistance and they still won. They went in there and met an armless society. Men gone, children and women. So they killed none, took them away. But they still found a cause to celebrate. The Bible says that, and they had thrown a party for themselves. And they were rejoicing. They were partying hard. Oh, there is a song, Party Hard. They were partying hard. Hardcore party. I believe that they had some few shots. Those of you who have been on that road, you know how the whiskey is in there. Yeah. And it goes down your throat and you want to knock your head against the wall. They, they were partying hard. These guys were partying hard. They were dancing and making merry. Why? Because they knew that if that was the city of David, the one they call anointed, then he has been defeated and everything about him has been taken. The anointed has been stripped naked and it's a cause for celebration. But whilst they were celebrating, they didn't know that their celebration was too early because God had prepared the comeback for the anointed of the Lord. I just came to tell somebody that in 2019, you will surely bounce back. Oh no. In 2019, you will surely bounce. You will surely bounce. Can you tap three people and tell them, I will bounce back. I will bounce. 
maybe they are celebrating maybe they are rejoicing maybe they are dancing maybe they are partying but rejoice not over me oh my enemy for even if I fall I shall partying hard partying because they thought the anointed is defeated Partying because they thought the anointed was rejected. Partying because they thought the anointed was forsaken. Partying because they thought the anointed has been humiliated. But I can hear the voice of the heavens saying, Rejoice not over me, O my enemy. For even if I fall, I shall rise. For if they had known, they wouldn't have crucified the King of glory. I just came to tell somebody, people of God, that if they rejoiced over you in 2018, let them get ready for a surprise because on their blind side, they didn't see it coming. They didn't see it coming. They were boogie down. They were boogieing down. Dancing. Whether the crazy dance. All that dance, they want to punch the air. What, what is the name? I don't. Shocky. Saku Saku. Punching the air with the, let me not say it, with no proper coordination. They were dancing, I believe, that they might have gotten some ladies to dance with them. Because at that time they thought it was all over. But they didn't know that God had a surprise for them. When they think your life is all over, they don't know God has a surprise. When they think nothing good is going to come out of you, God has a surprise. On their blind side, whilst they were dancing, Scripture says, and David and his men, although devastated, although depressed, although they had dissension, yet they had the enthusiasm to still pounce on them. Is it not interesting that Paul, the theologian, said, Although we are struck down, we are not forsaken. We are pressed on every side and yet not crushed. There is nothing they can do to us that will keep us down in 2019. We shall surely bounce. 
I don't know, maybe I'm talking to myself, but I feel like take, telling somebody that you shall surely bounce back in 2019, irrespective of the devastation, you shall surely bounce back. And the Bible says, it's amazing. Maybe because of my time, I'll end it here. I'll pick it up another time. And also show you the theological interface between the 400 men who came to fight and the 400 young men who left. Because it was not for nothing. Not just the numerology of theology, but in strategic formation. David got there and the scripture says, David did not go for the children. David rescued. Check your scripture. His wives. Uh, please. Stop looking at me with that piety. Uh, David did not go there to rescue the kids and to look for the animals and to go for the gold. As soon as he got there, he said, Where is my sweetheart? Where is my baby? Show me where my baby at. He went for the wives. Why? Because his heart was after them and God gave him what his heart desired. Now, in 2019, whether it is a wife or a husband, whether it is a, ch a child or whether it is gold, whether it is silver or whether it is access, whatever is on your heart, God gave him, the reason why I'm saying that it's because God gave him what was on his heart. In your pursuit, whatever is on your heart, as you pursue, whatever is on your heart. No, this place is weak for me. As you pursue, whatever is on your heart, as you pursue, whatever is on your heart, May the Lord give it to you as you pursue whatever is on your heart. As you pursue, it's a year of pursuit. So as you pursue whatever is on your heart, may the Lord God Elohim give it unto you as you pursue. As you pursue, as you pursue, whatever is on your eye. You, you know what? I, I hear it over and over and over again. It just keeps coming back to me. As you pursue, whatever is on your heart. As you pursue, as you pursue that dream. As you pursue that business. As you pursue that contract. As you pursue that relationship. As you pursue, whatever is on your heart. May the Lord give it unto you. As you Pursue as you pursue, as you pursue, 
The Bible says, and David went for his wives. Let me freeze the importance and zoom in, zoom in on the plurality of the test. Not just the wife, wives. Now, in the New Testament theology, you are told that a man should marry one by Paul. I understand that. I'm not going to muddy the waters for you. Um, it is not my duty to do that today. Maybe one day I will explain certain doctrinal things to you when you are ready for the meat of the gospel. Um, but this is what it is. He went for his two wives. Not one wife. But two wives. I feel, I feel churchy in here. I feel like I'm in church. Who feels same too? He rescued the plurality of the test suggests that when God is bringing you recovery, he doesn't leave anything behind. Okay. Let me rewind and press play. The writer suggests that it wasn't one, so that you can say that he had one, but maybe one was taken away. In your pursuit, when God says you recover all, not a single item will be left behind. Not a single item will be left behind. In two different instances, the Bible says David recovered all, and David recovered all. Verse number 18, he recovered. Verse number 19, he recovered all. So in all the instances, there was total recovery. Well, total recovery. Wives, kids, properties, Nothing missing. That is to tell you that if you go on the route God wants you to go in this year, pursue. There is nothing that you can lose on the journey. Can I pray with you? Could, could you please be upstanding? I'm left to 10 minutes on the clock. And I want to use my time judiciously. Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed with Destiny Word by Dr. Michael Boydi Nyamiche. You are cordially invited to the Maker's House Chapel International, Kwabanya Off Point One. Join in on any of our services, Sunday Word. 
first service, 7 to 9 a.m., second service, from 10 a.m. to 12 noon, teaching service on Wednesdays, 6.30 to 8 p.m., and our flagship program, The Morning Aura, on Saturdays from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. to engage in prayer and experience the supernatural. For more information about this ministry, call 0244-221-272 or 0262-731-570 or visit our website, www.themakershousechapel.org. We believe in the word in totality and the light it brings our path to experience the grace to take territories and fulfill destiny. God richly bless you.